and that goes from the the cost for uh, treating water, um, the water treatment plants. They add in additional materials, activated charcoal, and that sort of thing, and then to um, impacts on, say, charter boat. Uh, fishing and, and marinas, which are difficult to try to assess. From an animal life perspective, uh, fortunately, these blooms really cause fish kills. That's a positive side, but the quantity of biomass can ultimately lead to low oxygen in the central lake, central basin, going into next summer. And that has kind of larger ecosystem questions. So we know that phosphorus feeds algae blooms, and the main source of that is farm fertilizer that runs off into streams and waterways that uh, lead into Lake Erie. Has there been enough progress in reducing the amount of phosphorus that gets into the lake? And if not, what needs to happen? This year is a bit odd. We did have a reduction in phosphorus, but it was not, it was not the optimal plan because unfortunately it rained so much that a number of farmers could not fertilize. They couldn't even get crops in the field. So we did have, we actually this year had a, an interesting test of if we can manage the fertilizer better, will we have a reduction in the phosphorus? And the answer is yes. And I should add, while we had substantial bloom, you know, the seven here, if we had looked on a typical phosphorus discharge, we would have been looking at a 10, a bloom of severity of 10 this year. So a good side is we know that if we can, if we can control the phosphorus, we can actually get the bloom sizes down from where, where they might be. This is incredibly wet spring. There are management strategies. There's a very active effort going on, particularly in the state of Ohio, on trying to promote soil testing for phosphorus. Also, different strategies for do they even need to fertilize with phosphorus and potentially injecting phosphorus in the soil as well. I think we'll be seeing, uh, start to see those changes just over the next couple of years. So you mentioned the rain, uh, which uh, prevented uh, farmers from doing a lot of fertilizing. In what other ways did weather affect the bloom uh, in terms of its size? Uh, we're talking about wind, temperature, sunshine. One thing with the, the bloom this year is it uh, diminished very rapidly in September. And we also saw that last year. And in both cases, there were relatively strong winds all through the months of September in both years. Some of the past years like this, the blooms have gone well into September, in fact, into early October with even dense scums. Um, people might remember 2017, the scum on the Maumee River in Toledo, and that was the last week in September. And if you go back to, say, 2011, there was huge scums off Cleveland in early October, first week in October. And this year, the, the bloom was mostly gone by the first week in October. What long-term effects, if any, can algae blooms have on Lake Erie? One problem with this is, as I mentioned, the central basin gets uh, low oxygen because of the biomass that settles in there. And that potentially could affect the uh, mayfly larvae, which is the base of a food chain for the, a lot of the fish in, in the lake. So if we have, if that um, low oxygen area expands, then we have less area for growth for, for fish and that. That's probably the most practical one. The, the other is, you know, it's just there's an overall uh, health safety aesthetic. When you have thick scum, it's gross. There's <laughs> no getting around it. Um, it's also dangerous. Any scum is dangerous in the lake for a swimmer. And it also includes pets. You don't want your dog in any scum because they ingest a lot and they will die from it. And so you have this issue where you can't use a wonderful resource because the water is potentially dangerous or you, you don't want to because it's just not pleasant to be around. Those are long-term things we need to fix.